Sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We're broadcasting from Las Vegas. Secretly, we're at Ready Rich's studio. I don't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't say that out loud. And this episode, we're going to spend some time talking about Canada. We, of course, are maple syrup enthusiasts. We like uh, weird mounty hats. So we're going to spend some time talking about things that we love about Canada. Here he is, preaching the love, Pendulette. Canada. Yeah. I'm preaching love and I love Canada. I love Canada. I got to tell you, you know, I don't believe in, 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 in space stuff. Um, I mean, um, location things, uh, uh lugar. Uh, I, uh, I, I think that, um, uh, that's all bullshit. You know, like the, um, uh, people wanting the Holy land, oh, like oh, the oh, land yeah. is holy. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the people that thinks that at the end of world war two, we should have given, uh, uh, we should have made Israel Arizona, right? Or one of the just have wonderful people there. We wouldn't have all the problems, all the right wing crazies over there now yeah, yeah, yeah. fighting the Palestinians. I also say to my friends, you know, Louisiana is whatever it is. I mean, um, New Orleans yeah. is below sea level, right? Right, or whatever, isn't it? I, I believe so. Yeah. Or a lot of it is. Yeah. So, so we spend a lot of money with the Army Corps of Engineers, the levees, all that stuff. We yeah. famously. So I would just think, why not just move all of it? Yeah. To higher ground. Right. Right. And then I say that to my buddies like Tony and, uh, and, uh, Coleman, I yeah. say, you know, why don't you just put it somewhere else? And they go, no, no, there's a feel there. Yeah. It's a, f- I, I don't believe that. But having scoffed at that, like I used to scoff, boy, I feel so guilty about this. When people were speaking English and they would mention something that was in another language and they'd go to that, like, uh, we're going to have our newscaster now from Chile. Yeah. Famously Chile. Chile. People say Chile. I hated it. Instead of Chile. Okay. Well, I was studying, I was studying Spanish. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a Spanish sentence like, uh, you know, me gusta the Rolling Stones. Yeah. 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 And I could not bring myself to say, you know, uh, uh <laughs> los Rolling Stones. <laughs> right? Which is what I'm asking people to do with Chile. I'm asking them to say, Los Rolling Stones. Yeah. Los Rolling Stones is stupid. Right. So you say, Me gusta the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I was wrong about that. Just dead fucking wrong. And I always said that the sense of place didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I got to Newfoundland. And it just felt right to me. Yeah. I just, I was a place I liked. I just liked it. I liked the puffins. I liked the cold. I liked the rock. No, I don't like cold. No. That's one of the reasons I'm living in Vegas. But up there, I liked the cold. I liked being bundled up. I had a little hat with puffins on it. I had a scarf. And people there are so goddamn friendly. It's just a joke how friendly they are. Yes. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous how friendly they Well, and that's the case. Like, yes, it is your homeland, and your homeland happens to be home of the some of the nicest people and fun-loving people on Earth. Yeah, so maybe th- that's it. Maybe if I were- There's a for- culture there that's legit culture. It's not a culture that's being artificially preserved by lots of money no. outside of it, you no. know? It's a real culture. Yeah. And you can, be, you can be in a town with like four people in it. Yeah. And you go, is there live music tonight? They go, yeah, down to the pub. Yeah. There's live music everywhere. We went to a person's living room yeah. who every Sunday, you know, charges admission, yeah. but a small amount, and he and his friends play music. And you sit around their living room in their kitchen, and these people play this wonderful music, and they just hand the guitar around. Like That's, someone said, like, I'm from Jersey. I play a little guitar here. Yeah. Take the guitar, do a little something. It's the, the spirit of how art is dealt with up there seems exactly right to me. Yeah. And I always love that element. I think like American children are taught to think of any American kind of- American children! <laughs> thought to think of any, any career in entertainment as big. It has yeah. to be big and gigantic. And then you bring up something like that where that person probably just makes ends meet by having this little show. And snow plowing. Yes. You know, right. Does something else. But like, 
music is a part of their lives. Yes, yeah, really a part of their lives. You know, and Jonesy uh, has this disdain yeah. for amateur magician musicians, musicians, and and magicians too. But that's we not all a have a disdain for amateur magicians. Yeah. And uh, I used to um, just have friends over mm-hmm. and just play like Louie Louie, uh, you know, drum kit and guitars and stuff. It's fabulous. Yeah. It's a really wonderful, healthy, healthy thing. But Newfoundland, the guys we saw in the living room, I, it's not really fair to say amateurs because they were fucking great. It's truly entertaining. Yeah, truly entertaining and also really skilled. Yeah. I mean, they, they had chops. Yeah, I think, but that's the thing, that's, to be that skilled and that entertaining and enjoy the niche that you found, to find life satisfactory in yeah. that niche. It's all, what I always wondered is if I want to meet this guy. Yeah. People that wanted to be in a wedding band. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. Not people that wanted to be Springsteen and didn't make it. But people that said when they were growing up, you know, I I love playing guitar, and I don't want to go through the drugs and the I, I, you know, wedding bands make an okay living. Yeah, I'm gonna put together a great wedding band and cover the tri-state area, whatever that tri-state happens to be. Right. I just like saying tri-state area because you can usually follow with killing spree. <laughs> um, but you know, I think I think you can do fine like that. Yeah. Like you know, we have a we have our friend a juggler Scotty Meltzer. Yeah. Who had has never made an attempt to be a mainstream famous entertainer. No. He just works trade shows and he's thrilled with it. Yeah. That's what he always wanted, and he makes money hand over. That's it. Yeah. Because he owns the lights and the sound system. He owns fucking everything. Yeah. So he comes in and says, Scotty Meltzer can give you a whole package. Yeah. And of course, corporate people do not want to be producers. No. And entertainers don't want corporate people to be producers. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you rely on corporate people for lights or sound, boy, do you, are you not, are you not happy when you show up and see what they got? Yeah. You know, so it's he's, he's, a, he's a genius for getting that. Genius. To, and to that's the part of entertainment. When I first said to my dad that I wanted to be in show business, I was happy to run a projection, but the projection is not what it's called. Yeah. Run a movie projector. Yeah. Projector is the word I wanted. Not a hard word, Ben. <laughs> projector uh, at the local theater. Yeah. You know, I would be happy to be the guy who paged the curtain for Jimmy Fallon. Of course, I yeah. didn't know Jimmy Fallon, then he wasn't born. No. But um, page of the curtain. You know, there's all these people in show business. And when you first start out, your stage manager and your ticket people and all of those people are all people that wanted your job. Yeah. And are still trying to get your job. So the ticket takers want to be actors and the spotlight operator want to be actors. That's at the early level of theater. Yeah. And the great thing about, for instance, our crew. Yeah. Is our crew went to college for like lighting, stage managing. You know, Glenn went to college, took him 30 years, but he went to college (laughs) to study PR. Yeah. Management. Right. And that's the stuff I really love in show business. Yeah. And in Canada, you have people that seem to, uh, people that play the pubs and stuff. It doesn't seem, maybe, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful. It doesn't seem like they're planning to, to, to compete with Beyonce. Right. Or Taylor Swift. I, it seems like they're happy to make the music for the people that are there. And we can't possibly begin to, to sympathize with what it means to have America and American culture coming into your country all the time. Right, right. Like we don't and that's, have- that's the other thing that the people that we saw in Newfoundland, yeah. I can't remember the song. God damn it. I, the song was perfect. But they did like Newfoundland traditional fishing songs. Yeah. And then a Billy Joel song. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No difference to them whatsoever. No. Love. They it, just love music. They just love music. Yeah. This is a nice tune. Yeah. We'll play this. And they were playing it, you know, with the fiddle stuff. And yeah. Great. It's a, it's a good tune. We like it. When, uh, the year I spent- And in- I was too much of a coward to do a card trick. Isn't that awful? <laughs> I was too much. They brought me a deck of cards and I just, uh, 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 because I just thought, you know, I can't be good enough to be in this. And I should have just said, we're all sitting around. It was like, you know, 30 people. Yes. It was one of my, one of my happiest experiences. You missed a shot to be casual. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, had, I had trouble with it. I'm too much of an asshole. What would you have gone to now? What card trick would you have done? I would have, uh, what card trick would I have done? Oh, I would have done uh, smart ass. That's a, yeah. That's smart a, ass. I would have done smart ass. Yeah. I had that in my repertoire. <laughs> you know, someone, no one fucking wrote in to tell us, here's how a boomerang works. <laughs> someone, someone wrote in. No, they, we gave them time. Okay. They wrote in. To say we were insensitive oh. by saying a boomerang well, that was, was fast was a stupid weapon. Oh, making fun. Oh, so we were punching down on Aboriginal cultures, like we were saying a bow and arrow is a stupid thing. Yeah, I a bow and arrow is not a stupid thing. No. Bow and arrow is really smart. And by the way, if you left me in the wilderness and said you've never heard of a bow and arrow, invent a bow and arrow. Yeah, I'd starve to death. <laughs> bow and arrow is wicked smart and it wasn't like we were saying just get a gun dummy we weren't we weren't mm. pro efficient hunting we were just the object itself is a silly object that hasn't worked for you and i right yeah that's why we said it's yeah. the singer not the song yes we were saying in our own way yeah we're too stupid to use a boomerang yes we would love to hear tales of some smart boomeranger yeah. The Daniel Boone of Boomerang is yes. what we want. We left the door wide open to be educated. But if you want, if, like, with that door open, you want to come in and call us assholes. We already knew that. We, yeah. We had that down. The of information that we are assholes, <laughs> the information that we are insensitive yeah. and incompetent, we have. We got that The part. information on how to hunt with the boomerang, <laughs> we we're in the dark. We're totally shut eye on that. Exactly. So please yeah. enlighten us to the workings of a boomerang. Do not enlighten us to being insensitive assholes. Not because we're ashamed of that. Yeah. Because it's information we have. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Did we answer that? Uh, well, I have a question. Shoot. If you're going, not shoot, boomerang. <laughs> That's where we're going. <laughs> If you want to commit suicide, mm -hmm. are you going to choose a boomerang, a bow and arrow, or a gun? If I want to be remembered, boomerang. <laughs> Fair point. <Yeah. laughs> if I, like Donnelly, the guy who commits, the guy who comes with the boomerang. Yes, he did other stuff too, but he comes with the boomerang. Yeah, would <laughs> yeah, be the first thing everyone said. First of all, it was uh, it would be your legacy. It was amazing. He worked eight months <laughs> on learning to use the boomerang. Well, are you sure it was suicide? Yes. Yes. He was good with the boomerang. Seven months now we're gonna 29 days of not killing himself with a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> now, someone's going to say, oh, you snotty Americans, you think you could learn to properly use a boomerang in eight months? Eight months? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe you have to start at the age of four. As, I'll go ahead. I'll with speak, just a boomer. I'll speak, I'll, speak, I'll speak for myself. I can't. <laughs> you can give me eight months. I won't do it. No. I won't figure it out. I like to learn things. Yeah. Took me 22 years to learn bass well enough to play on a real jazz album. Yeah. Right? So uh, it's taken me, I've worked two and a half years on Spanish, can't do it yet. Right. Boomerang might might be what I'm going to take up at seven. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's, I, found that, things. I found that inspirational yeah. that Penn took up Boomerang. And you know something? He took out a couple squirrels. <laughs> and when it hit them, it did not come back, but then you got to go get the squirrel anyway. Yeah, yeah, So the yeah. boomerang is going to be right there. Yeah. I have several boomerangs. Do you? Yeah. They gave them to me when I was in Australia. Oh, right. And I also, when I went to Australia before, I bought one. And also, everyone who's visited Australia has sent me a boomerang. <laughs> but it always goes back to them. <laughs> in the mail. You open it up. You go, oh, it's a boomerang. And it gets back in the package. <laughs> Changes this postage and flies out. And it even puts the little flag up yeah. on the mailbox. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. Boomerang goes back to where you had it. Just right up. It was like Ruth Buzzy did a joke on Twitter where she said she was, uh, she said, I'm a real asshole. I keep selling people homing pigeons. <laughs> um, I did read up on boomerangs. Okay. What, what, okay. Well, that was the time. Okay. It's an American cable network. Operated by Warner Discovery. <laughs> Open in 1992. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong article. Okay. Yes. Let me start over. <laughs> uh, our point of confusion is that returning boomerangs aren't the only style of boomerangs. 
Oh, oh right, oh. right there, right there. You felt it. You felt the dawning of our enlightenment, yeah. right? You felt it in the room. And then we will also say, "Boy, we we're assholes," but we already do that. <laughs> Go ahead. So, returning boomerangs. When you use those for hunting, they're primarily used for entertainment. But when we use them for hunting, it's to flush birds out into nets. Wow. wow. Much better hunting technique than what I imagined. Yes. Yes. So you throw a returning boomerang. It scares the birds. The net's behind them. Bingo, bango. You've got a bunch of birds. Yeah. Wow. Really smart. What else? There's non-returning boomerangs? The non-returning ones will have razors or, you know, some sort of sharp object on them. Oh, that sounds, that sounds scary. To get other prey. Yeah. That's the one I'll use for suicide. Good idea. No. (laughs) No. Because it's not a returning boomerang. So how are you going to hit yourself with a, oh, suicide by cop. That's your plan. He threw a razored boomerang at a SWAT at a, team. At a SWAT team. <laughs> <laughs> he found a SWAT team out on training. Yeah. And he came up naked <laughs> with this razored boomerang and said, Listen, copper. Yeah. First of all, he set it up. He said, What are pennies made of? Cheap copper. <laughs> and they all looked around. Yeah, that's right. And they were a little bit angry. Yeah. And then he grabbed his dick and he danced in a circle. Then he threw a razor boomerang yeah. at the biggest police officer. Cut his face. Yeah. Cut his face and then got shot 178 times. <laughs> Suicide by boomerang, Matt Donald. <laughs> That is fabulous. Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we got to talk about this. We're going to talk about Canada in a moment. Yeah. We said nothing but good about Canada. Maybe we should keep it that way, but we'll get to this. Yeah. We're going to take a little side trip here. We have to address this because we would be, we, it would be irresponsible of us not to. Mm-hmm. We don't want to address it, but we're going to. Okay. You saw David Blaine the other <laughs> night. I did. Sunday night. And David Blaine does a very good show, right? Yeah, I saw it in Brooklyn. I was more smitten than I expected. Yeah. Everybody I know that's seen David Blaine's show, the exception of Christy Pitchford, raves about it. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah. Great show. I don't think I want to go. It seems like not my cup of meat, but everyone loves it. Yeah. My wife and I were curious about it. For when I heard about the show, Mm -hmm. I went over what's in the show with her. Mm -hmm. She no longer wants to go with me to see the show. Because of how you treated her? Uh, Yeah. I was like, you don't get him like I do, is what I yelled at her. Uh, no, uh, uh, because he does bodily stuff in, yeah, in the show. Yeah, that's the way I feel too. And S- sewing his lips shut and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would have really liked that when I was 18. Totally. I don't like it now. There's no doubt that he is aware of what he's doing and mm-hmm. that that is his standard for doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that he, he, he must actually put his, his body on the line yeah. in order to feel like he's doing his show. It's also not very efficient. <laughs> if uh, if Taylor Swift were sewing her lips together, either set, if you were sewing your lips together in the show, yeah, I'd go. But it, it's not important. <laughs> she would have to take longer breaks in between. Yes. Right? So Taylor Swift could not do a proper tour. David Blaine does a residency yeah. in Vegas, and that's four shows. Yes. Over like months. Yeah. Because I have to heal. Which is a really funny thing to have to do at your show. Yeah. It's a really funny thing to do. If your job involves, I then need three days to heal. Yeah. You may have made some different choices than me. Right. But that's not what we're talking about. No. We're just saying David Blaine does a great show. That's true. David Blaine had a guest in his audience. Is that right? He does a question and answer. Right. But I want to say this. A lot of times... Uh, if you have a famous person in the audience, yeah. you'll ask them to stand up. Wayne Newton says, there's no greater honor than when someone chooses to see my show on their day off, an entertainer. Penn Gillette of Penn and Tell, would you please stand up? Did David Blaine do that with the, uh, the, uh, the, guest? the, the guests he had in the audience? I have to preface this with, because there's only four or five shows, mm-hmm. and every magician in the world is in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Every magician in the world is going to be at one of these five shows. Mm-hmm. I believe your phrase is maggoty with magicians. Maggoty. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of famous people in the David Blaine audience, right? Yes. A lot of famous people. Does he have them all stand up and take a bow? Not a one. No, because it's, it, it breaks the flow of the show. Yeah. You don't want that. Also, the show is not for famous people. No. It's for people that paid for tickets. And I would say it is not his style. Right, and I would, style. and I want to see a show in his style. I don't want to see him try to turn on his Vegas entertainer. Right, you don't want to be Wayne Newton. No, Wayne Newton and David. Although, if Wayne Newton sewed his lips shut, <laughs> we might have a show there. Uh, Wayne Newton's going to hold his breath in a tank yeah. of water with an unemployed alligator. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to do a show after Wayne Newton wishes they had the ability to sew his lips shut? Now, I have never. <laughs> Sorry, just quickly before you go. Pile past that. Wayne Newton notoriously went on long, no matter where his gig was. Wayne yeah, yeah. always went on uh, longer than his allotted showtime. He loved it. So if he sewed his lips shut, it might go a little shorter. Yeah. Oh, God damn it, this hurts. Talk a shit. Oh, screw it. Talk a shit. Talk a shit. You're a lovely audience. I love you. All the veterans stand up. All the veterans stand up right now. And you know something? You're getting close to that weird voice thing I you're am. doing. I am. I now have that. I don't like it. I'm trying to think of his name, and I can't think of his name, but I have a great, great joke. Oh, no. Um, Terry Fader. Terry Fader. If Terry Fader sewed his, sewed his lips shut, no one would know. <laughs> <laughs> you went to a show with Terry Fader's soap. We missed the first three minutes, so we didn't know until afterwards that his lips were sewed shut for the whole show. <laughs> I heard Wayne Newton could sew his lip shut with 19 different types of needles. Different types of needles. And Taylor Swift, as I said, both sets of lips. Anyway, let's go on. <laughs> so I have done shows with um, Bob Dylan in the audience, Bruce Springsteen yeah. in the audience, Dudley Moore in the audience, Steve Martin in the audience, Eric Idle in the audience. Uh, we've had... Uh, We've had David Bowie in the audience, Yoko Ono in the audience. Uh, we had uh, Walter Cronkite yeah. in the audience. Uh, we've had David Copperfield in the audience. Yeah. We've had- um, Paul Newman, Paul Simon. Paul Newman, Paul Simon, Iggy Pop, been in the audience. Lou Reed, several times, many times. Andy Warhol in the audience. Uh, I was going to keep a list of David Byrne, of course, in the yeah. audience. We've had, I was going to keep a list of them and I didn't. Uh, Iced tea many times. You mean like for this particular episode or no, just no, in general? Just in general. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy Spader, we've had yeah. in the audience. Uh, Gary Oldman's been in the audience. Yeah. We've had in the audience. Uh, um, yeah, we've had all these people in the audience. You know, of those people, I'm just telling you, that yeah. list I just gave you, partial list. Yeah. There's been hundreds. Uh, probably more. Mel Brooks has been in the audience. Yeah. Since. Uh, uh, we've had Jackie Mason in the audience. I walked down your hall. You have photos with many famous people. Many, in many people. The uh, the Property Brothers have been in our audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of all those people that have been in our audience, very famous people. Anne Margaret's been in our audience. Okay. Anne Margaret's been in our audience. I've been very excited by many of the people in the audience. Yeah. Uh, we have not introduced any of them in the audience, but. Even though we didn't introduce them, do you know how many of those people stood up and said, oh, by the way, I'm here and I'm famous? Um, Anne Margaret, no. Yeah. Dudley Moore, no. Bruce yeah. Springsteen, no. Bob Dylan, no. Lou Reed, no. Andy Warhol, no. David Bowie, no. Yoko Ono, no. Yeah. Walter Cronkite, no. Did not stand up in the audience. No. Carrot Top into the show many times. Yeah. He stand up at the audience? No. And my money would have been on him if there was one. Sure. Gilbert yeah. Gottfried? No. No. Well behaved. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait? Yeah. Didn't stand up at the audience. No. So Eric Idle, Steve Martin? No. Did not stand up at the audience. So David Blaine <laughs> has a crowd and he does not introduce famous people in the audience. That is correct. And none of them stood up on their own. Did they? Yeah. There was one. Oh. One. Now, a lot of famous people have seen David Blaine. Yeah. We know that. The list of people that I said, a lot of them have seen David Blaine too. Yeah. Other people have seen David Blaine, right? We know that um, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's seen David Blaine. Did he stand up in the audience? No. Or wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio? Who else has probably seen David Blaine who's really famous? Taylor Swift has undoubtedly seen David Blaine. Yes. Did she stand up in the audience? Nope. Beyonce? 
Harrison Ford. No. Nope. Harrison Ford. No, nope. no. Oh, we did a show for Dustin Hoffman. He didn't stand up in the audience. Barbara Streisand saw our show. Yeah. She didn't she didn't stand up in the audience. No. Hmm. Uh, Barbara Streisand's probably seen David Blaine. Did she stand up in the audience for David Blaine? I did not spot Barbara Streisand hmm. standing up in the audience. Huh, that's odd. That's odd. Huh. Um, who's the oh, the wonderful Irish comic? Uh, Billy uh, Connolly. Oh. Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. He's seen our. He did. George Carlin. Yeah. So he, he didn't stand up in our audience. He's seen our. Show. Also did not stand up in David Blaine's audience. Oh, he didn't. Didn't no. Robin Williams was known for being very outlandish. Did he ever yeah. Misbehaved. He saw our show. Yeah. He didn't stand up in the audience. Oh, okay. No, I'm not saying it was misbehaving. Uh, uh, George Lucas. Did he? St- he didn't stand up in our mm-hmm. audience. No. Mm-hmm. That's odd. Paul Newman, like I said, four or five times. He yeah. Didn't stand up once. So uh, David Blaine. Uh, had I saw Bill, I saw Johnny Katz at the show. Uh, did he stand up? In the he audience? did not stand no. up. <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Uh, he stand yeah. up. He's. I'm sure he's. There's all it. kinds of pranks. Stood up in the audience. Yeah. Did he stand up in the audience? Say, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, no, he no. didn't do it. So who was it that was famous that stood up in the David Blaine audience? Uh, Chris Angel. <laughs> huh. And what reason did he have for standing up? David had mentioned his daughter several times in the show. Well, wait a second. Was there a Q&A period? Yes. So during the Q&A period, uh, Chris Angel, did he raise his hand? Yes. Very good of him. No, no, no. no. I'm I'm sorry. That's wrong. Oh, he didn't. Somebody else on Chris's behalf in his posse said, Chris Angel has a question. That's it? They didn't raise their hand? They just said Chris Angel has a question? Correct. So David Blank didn't call on him when he had his hand raised? Right. So David Blaine was making a decision in the pacing of his show. Yeah. He takes questions from the audience. He'd taken how many questions? I would say seven or eight. Seven or eight questions. Generous. Which is what he takes probably every night, right? Seven or eight? I would think. And then if he took maybe 10 or 11, it would be too many questions. It's a long show. Yeah. We want to, we want to get to the big card trick that ends the show, right? Matter of yeah. fact, someone who's a casino entertainer might realize that that could actually cost them money mm. if they ran long. You don't want to go in the contract. Probably you can't go more than 93. Yeah. So that's seven questions, eight questions, maybe. Yeah. But he, so he, so David Blaine is running his show up until this moment (laughs) when somebody in Chris Angel's posse, not Chris Angel himself, said Chris Angel has a question. Yeah. Which is really funny. (laughs) You know, there was an appearance on the Johnny Carson show. Yeah. No, that's not true. There was an Andy Warhol appearance on some show yeah. where Andy came out and said he wasn't going to talk. I didn't say it. Someone else came out to talk for him. <laughs> Pretty funny. That is great. So this person said, Chris Angel has a question. He's not going to ask it. I'm going to ask it because I'm the one talking. Yeah, the Q&A period was over when that guy said that. Q&A period was over. The, the time had run out. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So there's a, there's probably a casino contract that may be being violated yeah. by David Blaine at this point. So he said Chris Angel has a question. Yeah, which is perhaps the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I think from now on, the next time uh, you know I've interviewed Richard. Oh, by the way, Richard Dawkins seen our show. Yeah, he stand up. No, nope. no. Uh, anyway, I've interviewed Richard Dawkins. I've done like. Q and A's with him for the public. Yeah, I think at some point the next time I do Richard Dawkins, I'm going to say Chris Angel has a question because <laughs> that would be really, really good. Yeah, be really, really good. Chris Angel has a question. Has. What would Chris Angel's question be for Richard Dawkins? We will find out in a moment. It'll be the same question he had for David Blaine. That's I true. bet that's true. So uh, David Blaine mentioned his children, uh, his child, a couple his daughter. Of his daughter a couple of times during the show. Is that right? Yeah. And how she'd affected the show. Oh, she'd affected the show. Cause he said, now that I have a daughter, I might as well sew my lips together. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> By the way, uh, Wayne Newton, does he mention his, uh, David Blaine's daughter in his show? No, no. But David Blaine seems right. That he can mention his, his own daughter. daughter. In the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he mentioned his daughter in the show and that, that it affected his show. So Chris Angel had a question during a time that was not a Q&A period. The Q&A period is now over, and Chris Angel has a question, but he doesn't know it. Someone in his party knows he has a question, and they're gonna, they raise their hand, or did they not raise their hand? They just yelled it out. Just yelled it out. 
Chris Angel has a question, which is a great thing to yell out anywhere. <laughs> I'm really, I could easily be this guy for you. You know that, right? Mm. Ben Gillette has a question. <laughs> I can do that wherever you want. That's not as good. <laughs> I think the next time you go see Springsteen. Yeah. When there's a quiet moment, when yeah. he's about to do, oh, I'm going to do Dancing in the Dark, but it's an acoustic song, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Or Born in the USA. I'm going to do it as a quiet acoustic song. Yeah. You yell out, Chris Angel has a question. <laughs> <laughs> See what Springsteen does. Yeah, because, oh. See if Springsteen's as graceful as David Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because Springsteen might just say, I'm from Jersey. There is no Chris Angel anymore. <laughs> Right, because we know Springsteen is a a polite, yeah. kind person. Yeah. But we also know that every person in Jersey would kill for Springsteen. Yes. If Springsteen just said, geez, I wish Chris Angel hadn't said that. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Very true. That is very Would not true. take long for uh, out of the... 35,000 people in a Springsteen audience. Yeah. The number of people willing to beat the shit out of Chris Angel <laughs> if he had a question during Born in the USA. Out of 35,000, how many would be willing to beat the shit out of him? I mean, that'd be like one Quaker there or something, right? <laughs> so, like, so 34,999. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what did David Blaine do when? Outside of the question and answer period, without raising his hand, not Chris Angel pointed out he had a question. He moved on with the show. Mm -hmm. He ignored that that shout altogether. Oh, he did. Yeah, just went on with the show. Very classy. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Because what's happening is you're being heckled. Yeah. It just happens to contain the word Chris Angel in it. But you're just but being a, someone while you're trying to move on your show, someone has decided to interrupt and try to shout random shit at you. You also might not know Chris Angel is there. Yeah. So Chris Angel has a question, might just be an existential. <laughs> Chris Angel has a question, why the fuck am I still alive? <laughs> that could be the question that we all ask, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, Nicholson Baker said, uh, every novel is an argument for why you shouldn't kill yourself. Oh. Why you should keep on living. Yeah. He said it better than that. But I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Every novel is the answer to the question, why should we stay alive? Yeah. So that could be Chris Angel's question. It could just be yelled out. It could just be a heckle. Yeah. You know, it could just be like um, uh, free Russian jewelry. Yeah. It could just be like that. Just yelling that <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a woman has a right to her own body. <laughs> right? Yell that out during David Blaine's show. He'd go, yeah. Sure. But Chris Angel having a question, it could be the question, do we still have a right to bear arms with all the shootings that are going on? <laughs> maybe that's Chris Angel's question. And maybe David Blaine doesn't want to get into that. Right. So David Blaine politely, professionally, he's outside the Q&A period. Yeah. Chris Angel has a question. Maybe David Blaine's thinking, well, I hope he comes to the show. Well, he can't go tomorrow night because he has to heal. <laughs> Five nights later, yes, we hope he comes to the show yeah. and raises his hand during the Q&A period yeah. and asks his question, which might very well be, if there is reaction at a distance in quarks, yeah. uh, is that possible for faster-than-light communication? <laughs> Maybe that's Chris Angel's question, and David Blaine wants to be ready for it. Yeah. Chris Angel has a question, while you're healing, read up yeah. on particle physics. David, because Chris Angel has a question, but that's not where the story is going. What happens after that? Chris Angel stands up. Stands up. Stands up. Yoko Ono came to our show. Did she stand up? <laughs> no. Andy Warhol, did he stand up? No. And you Walter just, Cronkite, did he stand up? And you just named two people I would artistically give permission to stand up. Anytime. <laughs> Lou Reed yeah. stands up whenever the fuck he wanted. Yes. To. He stood up. Yeah. If Lou Reed wanted to stand up, he'd stand up. Yeah. If Bob Dylan yeah. stands up at a David Blaine show, yeah. the whole audience goes, hush. <laughs> That's a big fucking deal. He didn't choose to. No. Steve Martin didn't choose to. Eric Idle didn't choose to. No. Leo DiCaprio didn't yeah. choose to. No. no. Undoubtedly saw David Blaine's show. Yeah. He didn't choose to stand up. But David Blaine stood up because... Chris. Oh, sorry. Chris Angel had something very important to say. Maybe he had to say something about um, the safety in the theater. <laughs> David, I don't think we have enough exits here as a show business, or 
Maybe Chris Angel was standing up going, hey, David, you might be running long. Better get the clip on. Move, <laughs> move it along. But what did Chris Angel say? Well, here's where I struggle. Okay. Because I did not record this interaction. Mm -hmm. And as we know, memory is fallible. Sure. So I could only go by my recollection. But I believe the first thing he said was a statement, not a question. Ah. So Chris Angel has a question, but he's not going to ask it. <laughs> Chris Angel is going to stand up and give a statement. Because yeah. remember, it wasn't Chris Angel that said he had a question. No. Maybe he leaned over yeah. and, 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 and whispered, if the stars are so many, <laughs> why isn't it bright? at night with all the stars shining down on us. I mean, every, the sun is a star. Every star is a sun. So why isn't it light at night? I don't understand that. Uh, Chris Angel has a question. He didn't ask it. No. He stood up with a statement that is unrelated to someone in his group saying Chris Angel. How long has it been since Higgs boson? And what did we actually learn from that successful experiment? Yeah, haven't heard a lot about the uh, collider lately. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Is there going to be a season three of Slow Horses? <laughs> Gary Oldman's very talented. Yes. Yeah, that would be nice if there were a season three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you happen? Hey, David, did you? I wonder if David Blaine saw that thing they did on uh Breaking Bad, where he pretends it's all a dream from his situation comedy he was on. I wonder if David Blaine's seen that little clip. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, probably many of the things that Chris Angel was whispering. There's a meme that says George Santos is Banksy. It's really funny. <laughs> Have you seen it? Has David seen that? Do you think it's really, it's really funny. Uh, what does David think of George Santos? I'd like to know. <laughs> All of those questions were asked by Chris Angel to his companions. Yeah. And then people around him also had questions. You're an entertainer. Why don't you shut the fuck up when someone else is working? <laughs> uh, actually, Chris Angel's question why are all these people looking at me while I'm whispering? And why are they wondering why you didn't call on me? <laughs> they said, because I didn't have my hand up. Go ahead. I don't think you know this part. Mm -hmm. The first statement. Yeah. David, you didn't take my question. <laughs> <laughs> the question that I didn't ask and didn't raise my hand, right? Yeah. That's a statement. David, you didn't take my question. To which the entire audience knows the answer, knows the reason. Yes. Oh, because it's, it's outside of the Q&A period. <laughs> and because I don't take questions from every person in the audience. Exactly. And that's what I was just going to say. It's probably numerous people doing it to ask a question. So if everyone got up and said, hey, David, David you, you didn't, didn't take, take my, my question, question. That would defeat the purpose of calling on people with right. their hand raised. Right. Because did David, did David Blaine say, uh, I'm going to take questions from the audience, and oh, by the way, I'll take every question from every person in the audience. Did he say that? Well, again, I did not record this interaction, mm -hmm. but to my recollection, that was not a thing that was stated. Okay. David, I'm glad you brought up your daughter changing your show. Because now, brought up your daughter could be two different things. <laughs> Because I'm glad you raised your daughter. He could mean unlike Daniel Boone's brother, <laughs> who did not raise his son. Is that what, what he meant? He meant mentioned. Mentioned, Me mentioned okay. your daughter in the context okay, of the good, show. Good, Because he didn't mean brought up your daughter, because I don't know if Chris Angel is obsessed with Daniel Boone as I am. Yeah, right. No. Was Chris Angel wearing a coonskin cap? <laughs> I did not see that. All right. All right. All right. Maybe he took it off out of politeness. <laughs> he was sitting behind me, so from my angle... Mm. Yeah. He could have, mm. but not when he was standing up and talking. So he was glad that David mentioned his own daughter. Yes. That, I, I guess that's, uh, glad you mentioned your daughter. Yeah. Okay. Not interesting you mentioned your daughter, but glad you mentioned Yeah, and you mentioned your children on stage. I think I tell you all the time how much I'm so happy you bring them up. Yeah. I actually haven't, but that's not important. <laughs> I brought them up on Fool Us, but I don't think I've, I brought them up. I mean, I, I've raised them. <laughs> I'm not like Daniel Boone's brother. No. 
No, but I, uh, I, I don't think I've mentioned them in the show. Yeah. But if I did, we know that Chris Angel would stand up glad of that fact. Yes. Because my son has also impacted my show. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Now it gets tedious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for anyone who's ignorant to this fact, uh, locally, Chris is widely known for a standing ovation during his show. By bringing up his child's health issues mm. and demanding the audience stand up for those which health are, issues. Which are awful. Which are awful Terrible. and real. And real. And have absolutely nothing to do with the magic show. And also uh, nothing funny to say about that. Yeah. Go on. So he says, uh, my son was, what did he say? That his, his son had had medical problems and there was a charity involved with that. And mm. um, I think you could take it from there. Yeah. But it ends with what question? There was no question. <laughs> but sure, he's raising money for a wonderful charity, sure. which we've given money to. Right. It's good charity, fine charity. So that's so that's it. That's it. That's it. I, I don't think that's true, because it was reported that he said more. He welcomed David to Las Vegas, didn't he? He did. He actually did that between the, you didn't take my question, and let me tell you about my son. <laughs> there were some polite words. Welcome to Las Vegas. Now, in the entire time that Chris Angel said you didn't take my question, to the time he sat down, was anything a question? Not to my recollection. <laughs> so you didn't take my question because I didn't have one? Yes. <laughs> Although the people in and my party- <laughs> uh, David, you also didn't take my helicopter, which I don't have. <laughs> You also didn't take my own island, which I also don't own. Right. You didn't take. You didn't take my coonskin cap, <laughs> which, which I've possess. taken off. <laughs> <laughs> and what did uh, David Blaine say? Thank you, Chris. Now, in front of everybody has a deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and open up that package. Oh, man. I, I got to tell you, I was uh, being... Um, uh, comedically disingenuous. Yeah. Because we knew this story before he told it. Yes. And I think everybody knows that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt Donnelly has a question. <laughs> no, no, I don't. All right. Uh, my kid broke his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> in front of you have a deck of cards. <laughs> I was sent a text that had the text. Yeah. Of that exchange. That yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. And I was gobsmacked. Yeah. Gobsmacked. It is so incredibly strange. So incredibly and deeply strange. Yeah. It, it's not bad. It's, it's not even bad. As, as you would say in science, it's not even wrong. Right. It's just like, what? Yeah. How, how did that happen? And I sent that exchange to Teller. And we learned something else. We learned that Chris Angel does not do Piff's prayer. <laughs> or maybe he does, because he didn't hear this. Right. Right. But Piff's prayer, of course, is Piff every night gets on his knees and says, please, God, don't let me ever know what Teller really thinks of me. The text I got back from Teller about that exchange, I will not quote. Right. Because Chris Angel maybe has done Piff's prayer. Yeah. And maybe someone would tell him yeah. what Teller said. But Teller said four words, and uh, <laughs> I don't think Chris Angel ever wants to hear them. <laughs> I don't think Pip would want to hear them. I don't think anybody would want to hear them. Boy, is that strange. It is so strange, and also what I think it was exactly what he wanted. Knowing that his favorite band of all time is Kiss explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. Because uh, uh, that's the way they've run their whole career. Yes. Exactly like that. And very successfully. Yeah. And brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. Saying we're the greatest so, band in rock and roll and yeah. all that So stuff. who the fuck yeah, are we? Yeah. Who yeah, the yeah. fuck are we? I think Chris Angel is doing precisely what he wants to do. And remember, you don't remember because you weren't there. Yeah. But long, long ago, we had Chris Angel on this program. Oh, he, I don't remember this at all. And he was fabulous. On the radio show. On the radio show. He was fabulous. Fabulous. Really? He was funny and smart and articulate and humble and knowledgeable. 
Really? So it's very possible that all the stuff you hear about, Chris, that kind of makes you feel a little bit creepy yeah. is, is, is just all, he's smarter than us and that's the way he does it. I mean, is, yeah, I guess we, we, we jokingly brought up Santos, but I guess maybe he could be pulling a Santos on all of us right now. Maybe, maybe. I, that's, that's the, the, but I hate having to put in that effort. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I, this is the effort I have to put in to keep him in some kind of sympathetic bubble, yeah. right? Because calling him a dickhead, uh, honestly, the, w- w- the first thing that draws at me for calling him a dickhead isn't that I regret saying it, is that that's what everyone says. <laughs> I, I, like, I hate being so typical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like every hack magician can make fun of Chris Angel the, and get a laugh from the audience. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Piff had a line in his show making fun of him for a while and took it out because he's like, oh, every magician is making fun of him. I've got a line. I've got a line right. in that show. And, uh, and I, it gets a huge laugh. Yeah. It takes nothing. Well, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. When he came to town, did a whole honk on Chris Angel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it really is simple. Yeah. It's really easy. It is, but, and yet these stories dictate that we shouldn't stop. <laughs> like, you know, it's not old news. So we promised that we would speak of Canada. Yes. Uh, we're making a movie in Canada, in Vancouver. Yes. And I'm going to be, I do no, I no longer have a day off because every day I'm not, uh, doing a show yeah. in, uh, in, uh, Las Vegas, Vegas, or, uh, I'm in Portland this mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got tickets, get them in Portland this Friday. Then we're down in California and then we're in Arizona. But every day that I'm not doing a show, I'm up in Vancouver making this movie. Ah. Okay. Boy, there are good restaurants in Vancouver. Nice. Really. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vancouver's a good place to be. If you're going to be stuck somewhere, Vancouver's a good place to be. So one of the people on our team, who's a woman, I think that's important for this. Okay. Is a woman, was having a discussion about about, uh, production. Mm -hmm. And there were uh, several people in the room, uh, some of them Canadian hires Mm -hmm. that are working. I should say all adults. Mm-hmm. This is a woman speaking, and she is making her point that she has more weight in the pecking order. And she says, in passing, well, I got the biggest dick in the room. So this is what we're going to do. The complaint of hostile work environment. I got the biggest dick in the room. Oh. Got to be careful about that. Be a little careful about that. I don't think it says anything about Canadians. I think it says a little bit about the, the just culture. Mod, I think, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, it's, a, it's a work culture concept. You're like, it's, man, I, I really get of two minds with this stuff. I am too. Everybody you know, is. Everybody is. Because it is, you know, even like like we've been podcasting for a while, right? When you first launch a podcast, you're like, I, we have so many fun conversations. I want to talk exactly like how we talk. Yep. Make people feel like a fly on the wall. And that's great. But there's a reason why we joke privately and mm-hmm. speak different publicly and then we have politicians now who refuse who don't draw draw a line and almost get worshipped for not mm-hmm. right where i wish they would be more respectful mm-hmm. or speak as a public servant and stuff ah so i go back and forth so bad because what, what, what's upsetting about that story is you thought you had a circle of trust that's what's upsetting yeah 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 it's just it's just a weird thing and they're probably right they're probably right. In a strict corporate environment, they're right. And in a, in a group of, of, you know, when you when you do an artistic endeavor, you want to feel like you're a team. Right. But it reminds me that yeah. I have to be very careful. That is true. And it's really funny that I can talk more candidly to people on a podcast <laughs> that is public than I can in uh, working with something. But I will be very careful. You know, I will not talk to anybody on a set about anything other than business. If you saw me in a set environment, like when I went to Budapest, yeah, yes, no, may I please, what should I do? That's all I do. Right, right, it's right. It's just too fucking dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the camaraderie goes away and it becomes formal. That's, and that's not fun. That's not as fun. When you're doing an artistic project. But yeah, I'm going back and forth with like five points each way. So it's just tough. But you know, I love... I love when obscenity gets abstracted. I loved when Roseanne Barr yeah. uh, would say, when someone heckled her, suck my dick. Yeah. I love that. I love when it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And that's why I have the biggest dick in the room. 
it's not sexual. No, absolutely not. It's also, just political. It's just it's uh, funny. Poetic. It's poetic. Yeah. yeah. If I well, that's the other thing. It's like if I'm on that crew, and my boss's woman says that, I am relieved. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good. It's going to be a this kind of. Crew. But also, it's it's yeah, it's. I don't see how you can see that as hostile, because it's. I mean, obviously, you're saying shut up. I've got all the power. That's a different That's issue. That's a different issue. That's a different issue. Yeah. But the way you're saying it, I can't think of that as anything but cute. Yeah. Just cute. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we'll be careful. If you're working with us in Vancouver, yeah. you will have a, uh, you will have a uh, poetry-free experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poetry-free experience. Poetry-free. You can, you can put your snapping fingers down. Yeah. No poetry. <laughs> poetry-free experience. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. You didn't take my question. I have a question. Oh, go ahead, Penn. That was Penn Sunday School. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a question. Cha-cha-cha. You become naked. And he raises a lot of money for cancer. So what's wrong with that? Nothing. You can raise money for cancer and be the biggest douche in the room. I'll see you at I'll see you at HR. <laughs> hey, you got anybody to thank there, uh, Matt? I do. These people all support us over at patreon.com slash pen. Two ends. Uh, Gary Cornley. Wow, you are really ready this time. Danny insert meta joke it here. It's hardly Ruth. awkward at all. <laughs> Well, this part is Matthew O'Sullivan, <laughs> Betsy Batter, Little Mandar. If Ready Rich was already rich, would Rich already rich? Would Ready Rich richly enrich the unrich? What uh, do you mean if? <laughs> Joe Bethar Bowers, Adam Stickney, Sax Guy Jimmy D, Nathan Julian, Petty Officer Scoop, Daniel, Why Don't Blind People Skydive? It Scares the Shit Out of the Dogs, David K, David Peters. It's pronounced. Turmeric, Chipotle, Federal Court Order, YouTube, Offer, Culinary, Chimera, but go on. Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, Central Park Owl, Lancey Menchu, Stephen White, Harlan, Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, and Damian Martin. Thank you so much. Thank you.